You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Schism in the church suggests, number one, a breach in unity. A breach in unity. A breach in one sense is a broken vow. See, as Christians, when we receive Jesus not only as Savior, but as Lord, we vow to to serve him. When you say he is your Lord, you vow to serve him. That means whatever he puts on the table, he expects you to receive and walk therein. But when a breach takes place, it means that we have stopped fulfilling our vow. A breach is also failure to maintain something. God expects the church to be consistent when it comes to maintaining what he has set the church to do, or what he has purposed for the church to do. He expects us to maintain it. If he has set up the ushers ministry, the music ministry, or other ministries in the church a certain way, whether he set it up directly or indirectly, he expects us to maintain. Stay in, stay in the vein that he put us in. When we fail to do that, we have a breach. We have a breach of unity. Why is it that we do not need to have a breach when it comes to unity? Psalm 133 and 1 says this and reveals the reason why. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
when a breach happens in the church, watch closely because you, you will recognize, number one, that good has been hindered. Good has been hindered. If a breach is in a specific auxiliary, it will be most evident in that particular ministry. Because if, if unity is there, good things going to happen. Good things going to happen. Folk are going to be benefited. Not just one person. Everybody that's connected is going to be benefited. But when a breach or a separation has, has taken place, when somebody has decided that, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore, you're messing up the good stuff. I don't know about you. I, I, don't, I don't need nobody messing with my benefits. Especially when God and, and put on the table, I'm going to give you some benefits every day. Ain't that what David revealed? He daily what? Loads us with benefits. We don't need nobody getting crazy. And messing up the benefits. And, and see, that has to start with us pastors. See, see, we, we connecting as pastors, but then we're going to have a crazy pastor. All of a sudden, the crazy pastor don't want to keep the connect going the way it should be going. And so now all of a sudden, hey, why we ain't getting 100% good stuff? Well, you know, Pastor so-and-so done caused the breach. And believe it or not, that happens. God was blessing Israel, getting ready to take them into the promised land. And, and to confirm what he was going to do, he decided to send 12 leaders. The leaders went in, checked out the land, and the land was just like God said. But then... They brought up some negativity. And then a breach happened. Ten were negative. Two positive. Ten couldn't believe that God could give them the land. Two did believe. Because of the breach... Israel did not inherit the land when God desired them to inherit the land. They had to wait years to receive what God wanted them to have on that, at that particular season, but He couldn't give it to them because of a breach. This is going to sound hard. But if you, you don't want to do it right, I'd rather you leave than hinder the good stuff. I, I know that don't sound, that don't sound, 
But, but I mean, you know, I, I need my stuff. I might be on the, on the page by myself. If you feel like I feel, just tell somebody, I, if, if you ain't going to do right. Or if you just don't want to do right. You, you can leave because I need the good stuff to happen. And biblically, you'll see that the only way good and pleasant things happen is when you're unified. Because Jesus revealed in Matthew 12 and 25, when you're not unified, or when you're divided, or a breach has taken place, that number one, you're going to be brought into desolation. Desolation is a state of unhappiness. I love being happy. I said I love being happy. And and the one person that can make you happy all the time is God. The one thing that can make you happy at all time is doing what does says God. But see, God is into the corporate thing. He loves to bless people as a whole. I don't need you to cause my situation to make me unhappy. But then he said, and you will not stand. If you're divided, you're not going to stand. To stand connotes you're not going to be productive. I want to be productive. I don't want to just be productive in church. I want to be productive in every aspect of my life. But if me being productive in one sense is based upon me and you connecting, I don't need you tripping. There are pastors that want to become a part of the connection. As many as wanted to become a part that didn't become a part because I knew if they come in, it's going to be a breach. There were some that were part, and I was glad. They left because they were causing a breach. It is not selfish when you want what God desires you to have. But see, it don't make no sense if you don't want what God is releasing to just try to act like you want it. Don't play with it. Don't cause a breach in your church don't cause a breach in the connection. Is that being mean? All right, let's, let's go a little further. A schism also says that when it comes to the church, that we're not on the same page. 
Let me just break it down. We're not on the same page. We're not thinking, talking, and doing as we should. See, Philippians Philippians 3, uh, Paul revealed that when it comes to the church, we need to have the same mind. And we need to follow the same rules. See, if, if bishop is dedicated, the pastors need to be. That's the same rule. Bishop lazy, we in trouble. Because there probably ain't going to be no pastors around except lazy pastors if bishop lays. But then, pastor, you have to understand if your people see that you lazy, they're going to be lazy. If you don't give, your folk ain't going to give. I need to show y'all that. Y'all may think I'm just talking. Some of y'all who hadn't read it. Let's go to Philippians 3 real quick. Y'all stay with me. Y'all, y'all stay with me. Oh, Lord have mercy. Philippians, the third chapter. I need to read this, I think. Let's consider verse 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same, help me. Let us be of the same what? And that's how it needs to be. If if the rule is to be dedicated, let's be dedicated. If the rule is to think the same, let's. If it's to talk the same, let's. If it's to do the same, let's. We have to be on the same page. And, And see, breaking it down further. We need to be on the same page and, and your dedication of being on that page is based upon your responsibility and position in the church. Jesus himself said, to whom much is given, much is required. Depending on your position we're looking for you to be a certain way I know I'm Bible because y'all looking at the scripture lastly a schism in the church says that the church is being fleshly. Simple definition for fleshly. Ungodly. Ungodly. Church is being ungodly. And truthfully, we are in a day and time to where when it comes to the universal church, It's more fleshly than it has ever been. We are in the time of the great falling away. A 
let's deal with the let's deal with this fleshly church a fleshly church uh is a carnal minded church let's go to romans 8 chapter let's just consider being fleshly Romans 8, I'm going to start at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the what? Flesh. Right? But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is... When it comes to... A fleshly church, a fleshly church is carnal minded. And if the church is carnal minded, it's a dead church. To be carnally minded is death. It's a dead church. Singing is going on, but it's a dead church. Preaching is going on, but it's a dead church. Because people have set their minds according to the flesh. So if it's a dead church, it's dead to the things of God. When you are a fleshly church, you can know what God Desires and know what he deserves. But you will still do what your mind tells you to do. You can know that it's right to be dedicated. Know that's what God wants. But you still won't do it because you're fleshly. You can know that it's right to give God his tithes and offerings, but you still won't do it because you're, you're dead. You're carnally minded. And so even though you know it, even though you can quote the scripture, you won't do it because you done already set your mind. You can amen the word as if you are in the word. But you're dead even while you're saying hallelujah. Because your hallelujah is not messing, is not lining up with your lifestyle. You're dead. I don't want to be in a dead church. I done been in a dead church and I didn't like it. That's the reason I got saved. Amen? Amen. To be carnally minded is death. I don't want to be in a dead church. People get happy in a dead church, but not about the things of God. They get happy about the singing. It sounds so good. Oh, oh, Lord. They rock in a dead church. But a dead church, again, is an ungodly church. A church that knows the desire of God and knows that God desire 
deserve certain things, but still will not do it because it's fleshly. It's fleshly. And the only remedy for being fleshly is repentance. Not just asking for forgiveness. That's not repentance. That's, that's the start of repentance. But repentance means to change. Mean to start doing something different. See, if you were messy in 18, you don't need to be messy in 19. Cause that says you ain't repented. You're doing the same mess you were doing last year. You done talked all that talk about how you're going to be dedicated this year and how it's going to be different because you done arranged this, that, and the other, but you're doing the same mess you were doing last year. Y'all know it's going to take teaching like this for we to, for us to really connect. I mean, because some of y'all look at me like, I'm mad about this teaching. I am just so mad about this teaching. Be mad, but listen and receive. Be angry, sin, not. See, see, you have to repent. Because see, when you repent of being fleshly, that means you're going to turn to being spiritual. Because as long as you're in the flesh... According to Romans 8 and 8, you're not going to please God. You know you can hallelujah to God, but you you know you ain't pleasing Him. Thank you, Jesus. You know you ain't pleasing Him. Because what He done told you to do, you still are not doing it. Those that are in the flesh can not, you hear me, can not please God. Have to repent and start walking in the Spirit. Because see, the flesh can't deal with the Spirit. Let me show you why. Let's go, let's go to Galatians uh, 5. The one thing to give the flesh fits is the spirit. You start walking in the, in the, in the spirit, flesh ain't going to be able to do what it desires to do. Galatians 5, we'll start at verse 16. Paul said, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Long as you Think, talk, and do according to the word. 
the flesh ain't going to be happy. But the flesh will not be fulfilled or satisfied. Why? Because you're doing the right thing. When you walk in the spirit, you're doing what God ordained for you to do. God is spirit. And those who worship or serve him must worship or serve him in spirit and truth. That's how we serve him. We serve him according to his word and with an attitude of thinking, talking, and doing what we are supposed to do based upon the written and revealed will of God. And so, I can't be fleshly in the church because I'm going to cause schism. You, you know, just, just like if, if I'm preaching stuff like this, which is Bible, and you get mad to the point to where you say, I'm going to lead the church. In one sense, that will be a good thing. Let me explain. Because if you stay at the church and you're mad, you can cause a breach. But at least if you leave, you, you can go cause a breach somewhere else. <laughs> or find the dead church and, and feel right at home. But some of us, we left dead churches, so we ain't going to no dead church. We didn't feel right when we were there. That's the reason we got saved. So if, if the word does do as old folks say, step on your toes, just simply do the right thing. Just start striving to think, talk, and do according to the spirit. So you can kill or put the flesh under subjection. Everybody all right? And so that is very, very important. Because in order for us to do what Paul speaks of here in 1 Corinthians 12 and 25, we're going to have to be spiritual. There's no way you can be fleshly and careful folk. See, because Paul talking about having no schism. And, and when, you, when you get to the point where you don't have no schism because you're walking in the spirit, then you're ready to care for folk. But if you're in the flesh, you ain't going to care. For somebody to get on your nerve. Because like it or not. In the church. You are going to have brothers and sisters. That are going to get on your nerve. And, and sometimes they do so because they're ignorant. They have not learned. 
the things of God in the manner that they need to. And, and so they're going to get on your nerves. But see, when, when your thing is to care for folks so it won't be no schism, you're going to have to stay in the spirit. I say, you're going to have to stay in the spirit. And, and you can't have that attitude, well, I'm going to care for them, but I'm going to care for them in my own way. No. No. No, you, you can't do that. Because if you try to care for folk in your own way, you're in the flesh. If we are going to be caring church members and have the same care for everybody in the church, we have to have a standard for caring that's biblical. If I'm going to care for them, I, I need to know how to care for them, Pastor. So give me a scripture. To let me know how I need to care for somebody that bothered me from time to time. I'm going to read this. I ain't going to quote it. Let's go to John the 13th chapter. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. John 13. We don't, we, we walking in the spirit because we don't want no schism. Then we're going to have to care for every member. And you know, babes, woo, they got to grow. And you know, there's some folk that'll tell you in a minute, hey, this is just me. <laughs> and you, you got at least two folk in the church that when they do something wrong, this is just me. And you got at least four folks in every church to try to shift the blame. And you got at least ten folks in the church that lie all the time. In every church you got, you got liars that lie all the time. Some of them are pastors. Lie all the time. Or first ladies just lie all the time. And so you got to care for this person. You know, man, he just, he must think I ain't got the spirit of this sermon. I know he lying. <laughs> yeah, but you got to care for him because sometimes caring means you know he lying, but God, but the Holy Spirit say, don't even say it. Don't even say it. Don't even go there with him. That's what caring is about. So we got to have the same care for each member. For the person as a babe, leader, so forth. You just got to have the same care. So again, notice what uh, Jesus said in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you. And this is a command that you, what? Love one another as I have loved you. 
that you also love one another. By this, all would know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So what is love based upon John 13, 34 and 35? It is being committed to doing what is just and best for your brother or sister. You're being committed to doing what's just. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the word. Written and revealed. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When the word is revealed, it's based upon what has been written. So bottom line, I have to be committed to doing what's best for you when it comes to God's word. And sometime if, if, uh, I know you're lying, Holy Spirit may say, hold your peace. Just hold your peace. Don't let her know you know she lying. Pray for her and tell her the right thing. And I don't know why y'all acting like you ain't never had somebody in church lie to you. I mean, folk, folk in the church will even put $50 on an envelope and don't put nothing in it. You got folk who can, who can make it everywhere they want to go, except and they will give you a reason why. And sometimes they just lie. I've had leaders look at me in the face. I said, well, look, why didn't y'all do such? Look, pastor, <laughs> let me say it wasn't my fault. And, and, you know, just like I'm just stupid pastor. Like my name should be Pastor Stupid. <laughs> like I don't have no spirit of discernment. And then sometimes God be like, look, just listen. That's Karen. Because you're going to hear him out even though you know. It's amazing how how Jesus would treat folks just so special. But then there were other times where Jesus would just go off on folk. But even when, when you feel, even when the Spirit is leading you to tell a person the truth, you still have to be just or according to the word. 
got to be a caring church. You just, you just can't say stuff. God showed me you were doing such and such and such and such. And you're just saying what all God done showed you doing. And then, then bottom line, because you done said all what God showed you and ain't had no scripture or nothing to back it up, you were lying on God. Because if God going to say something, it's going to be based upon his word. You check out scripture when, when God himself speaks or tells one of his prophets to speak. It's going to be according to the word. You're going to find a reference why God said it. We have to care, but we have to do what's, what's best. And, and I've, I've had to get on mature folk because they, they would go to babes. You, you ain't got no business not doing such and such. And such. You, you don't talk to no baby like that. That ain't showing you care. How many, how many know that, that as it is in the natural, so it is in the You will look like a fool talking to a six-month-old baby like that baby is a grown person. Somebody should have shouted amen. I'm not wrong by that, am I? No. If somebody just been in the church six months, you just can't, you can't do that. Because, see, when you start caring for folks, you, you have to be to the point to where you know where that person is. You know if that person is a babe, is a leader, is a pastor, and so forth. And, and based upon that, that's how you have to care for that person. It's the same care that you would do for everybody else, but you're, you're doing it now based upon where the person is in God. See, there are some folks that you can rebuke because they are in the place to where that's the only way they are going to do what needs to be done is to be rebuked. But you got some folks that if you don't know where, that, where they are in God and you rebuke them, you may scar them for life. The same care. But the care is based upon, again, Doing was just and best for the person. And see, what's just and best for a baby is different than what's just and best for a pastor. I'm still going to do what's just and best, but I'm going to tell this pastor he needs to straighten up. Because if he's supposed to be following Christ but doing anything but following Christ and going to be part of the connection, he's going to have to straighten up or uh, go. Yeah. Woo! That's telling him what's best. But, I'm, but it's telling him according to what? The word. What word? 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. The pastor is to follow Christ. 
But a babe, I can't do that because the Bible tells us that, that a babe needs to desire the word. So my message to, to a babe is, look, you need to just stay in church. Look, you messed up. You, you, yeah, I know, but you can't hang with them no more like you, like you've been hanging. Just come to the church. And if you need to talk to somebody, I'm going to sign brother so-and-so. So you call him as much as you need to. Wake him up if you have to, but you just keep calling him. <laughs> Why? Because he obeyed. So I'm trying to get him to, to desire the word to stay in the church. If I got a senior minister that's so in discord in the church, I'm calling a meeting to tell the senior minister off. But it's going to be according to the word. You know you didn't have no business telling such and such this right here. Why in the world did you do that? The Holy Spirit didn't lead you to tell her that. Don't ever do that again. Guess what I'm doing? When it comes to a senior minister, I'm doing what's just and best. Why? Because her discord could cause a breach in the church. How many understand? Pastor hurt my feeling. He, I meant to. I meant to hurt your feeling. Yeah, you, 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 you a senior minister. I meant to hurt your feelings this time. I'm glad. Pastor, after what you said about me as pastor, I couldn't even sleep last night. I'm glad you couldn't sleep with your lazy self. You don't need to sleep. And you're not being an example for folk to follow. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You have to have the same care. You have to have the same care. But, but the same care means again, that your doing was just and best for the person. And remember the key word, you're committed to doing it. You're committed to doing it. And if you are offended because somebody's showing you love, you really don't understand love from a biblical standpoint. See, see, some folks only look at love as, as just affection. No. You can fake affection. Matter of fact, infatuation is affection. But when it comes to love based upon John 13, 34, and 35, it's when you are committed to doing what's just and best for a person. I'm going to show you how how stern uh, John got. 
Let's go to First uh, John, the third chapter. I'm closing. Because y'all too quiet. No, I'm, I'm just talking. I wouldn't close just because y'all was too quiet. I said that just to wake some of y'all up. Now look at what John says here in John, in 1 John 3 and 17. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him or does not choose to be a blessing to him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us love. Let us not love in word or tongue, but in help me. And what? And truth. What is true? God's word. He was telling them what I'm saying. We have to be committed to doing what's just. And best for a person. If somebody ain't got nothing to eat, what's best? Feed them. Just like what John was saying. You do what's best. But if it's somebody that you've been feeding for six months because they won't work, hey, finna be a change. And you got a scripture to make that change. Brother, you're in the place of an unbeliever. Brother, I got to tell you straight up, brother. If a man don't take care of his own household, he worse than an unbeliever. Ain't nothing wrong with your legs, your hand. You need to go to work. Now, he can get mad, upset, but guess what? I'm Bible. I'm telling him was just and best. How many understand? And see, that's how you show that you, you care. And I'm going to say Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.